You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest is Dr. Renelli A. Williams. She's a CPA and profit strategist. She runs a tax and accounting firm, ERJ Services, with her husband, Eric. They help professional services providers build the financial foundation they need to make better business decisions and be consistently profitable. And I know just from being my own business owner, as well as other people I've spoken to, the big issue that everyone always has is like, okay, I have this baby that I'm running with. How in the hell do I make it profitable, right? How do I make this thing work? so I can keep going. So I'm so grateful that you're coming on the show to kind of like help us so that we don't build up this money-eating monster and we actually get to a place that it's like working. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Gabby. Yeah, of course. So can you give us a little bit of background on your story? Like how did you and Eric kind of start ERJ Services and like how did you stumble into entrepreneurship? Because I know from typical experiences from entrepreneurs, it's never really linear. You're kind of doing a bunch of different things, pivoting. So yeah, can you give us a backstory a bit? Yeah. So for me, I was introduced to entrepreneurship at an early age. My dad was a pharmacist turned baker. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, Very different. (laughs) (laughs) So he literally, I grew up in the Caribbean. And so he was the chief pharmacist on the little island that I grew up on, um, Montserrat. And he got the entrepreneurial bug and, you know, decided to start a bakery And did that alongside his job until he eventually quit and went full-time into his business. So that was my, you know, little introduction to entrepreneurship. Fast forward, I moved to the United States and, you know, went to school. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. What I did know, though, is that once I went to school, I chose business management as my route. But once I took my first accounting course, I knew that that was the direction I wanted to go. And so I became an accounting major and went into corporate accounting. Being an accountant, many of my friends and family automatically think tax, right? And so (laughs) I kept getting requests, can you do my taxes? Can you do my taxes? So I started my side hustle doing taxes. It just so happened that my husband went and got his master's in taxation. And so when he got laid off from corporate, we decided, hey, we have this little side thing going and why not just have you plunge into that and I'll continue in corporate America. So that's where we got started in terms of, you know, starting the business. So he started that tax practice. Then I, years later, got laid off from corporate. So I knew that I wanted to join him but the salary was cushy, right? You oh, know, I was yeah. In a it's six, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a six-figure job. And so, you know, I stretched that out as much as possible. And then eventually, I got laid off, got about six months of severance. And I said, this is my opportunity. And so I jumped right in. We added bookkeeping services and then eventually strategic advisory. But that's my road to entrepreneurship. 
that's so very like convenient that you and your husband both come from like similar backgrounds, right? Because it's so awesome when you get to work with like your life partner, you know what I mean? Like he gets you, you get him. Like it probably in some scenarios kind of stinks because like you never really shut off from work, right? You're always talking about things and this product and this person and this client. But at the same time, right? Who better than the person that you like made this vow with and like have children with and have a life with because you can just, you're on the same page with everything. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, it has its ups and downs, as you mentioned, right? Because, like you said, it doesn't shut off. But, um, you know, it's definitely a great journey building something along with my husband, for sure. Yeah, and it's great that he got a running start, too. So he probably got dealt with, like, having to work out the kinks. And then he kind of, like, were able to join and be like, let's do the thing now. Like, well, it's like a smooth operating, like, I mean, I'm sure there were hiccups, but, like, to have the foundational pieces set, right? Probably like the LLC or whatever, like all these things, the processes is such a deciding factor in the beginning of a business. So it was really probably easier for you to get started then too. Speaking of new businesses and just running in general, like, and that is your like forte, how does a new business manage its expenses and it organize money? Cause like, it's so easy to just keep spending and spending and spending, right? The baby will, you know, like, I'm just making my investment. I'm just making my investment. The money will come. But like, how do you even develop a cash flow plan and then like budget all of that at the same time? Yeah, it's really important to put a cash management system in place. And of course, you start simple at first, and then you get a little more sophisticated as you move along. The one thing I would say to start out is very elementary, is make sure that you separate personal from business expenses. Off the bat, open up your business account. We're going to talk a little bit more about the fact that you need probably need to open, you know, a few more than just the one account. But ideally, start with your one business account, run all your transactions to there. Do not commingle personal and business. So that's my first thing. You want to also make sure that you have an accounting system, somewhere that you're tracking what's coming in and what's going out. For some folks, that's going to be as simple as a spreadsheet to start out with, right? And so you make sure that you're putting all your revenue is tracked on a monthly basis, all your expenses are tracked on a monthly basis. So you know exactly what's happening. You're able to now compare last month to this month, right? A lot of folks, they get their money, it comes into their Stripe account, it comes into wherever, and that's where it stays, right? They don't lift it and put it into a system so that they can actually see the flow of what's happening. That is very important. That's what's going to drive a lot of the decisions that you make in your business. Yeah. Even for myself personally, this is something I'm still battling with and I've done a lot of work on it, but like, right, there's always the money mindset because you can like do spreadsheets and stuff, but sometimes what it comes down to is people just don't want to look at it. Like they're afraid to see how much money's going out or how much not as much money as they think is coming in. So like, do you have any suggestions about that? Because I know that's not tangible, right? Money mindset is something that's learned and it takes time to like get up when it comes to like pain threshold and all that stuff. But like- how does that fall in the place of like, again, a cash flow plan and budgeting? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It is so key that you adopt a mindset of a CEO. You know, you have to understand that your numbers are what's going to drive, you know, confident decision making in your business. And so, you know, if you don't like it, and you know that this is something that upfront you need to outsource, then outsource as early as you possibly can. But just know that without these numbers, 
you are not going to run an effective business. You're not going to be able to know when can I afford to bring on the next hire, right? When can I afford to invest in this next thing? Also, what revenue do I need to bring in in order to support this expense that I have coming up? You know, these are the types of decisions that you're able to make when you have your numbers readily available to you. So I would just say, just recognize that this is necessary and I just have to do it. I just have to do it. So if I'm not doing it myself, I need to get someone to do it for me. Yeah. It's so scary to do it though. Like it really is. It's terrifying. And not only from a numbers perspective, but right, like I think as business owners, the scary part is we're right, we're throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks in general, right? Trying to work out everything, the niche, the messaging, all the stuff. And then at the same time, you need to decide if like, I'm still not profitable. Is this even worth it? Can you kind of talk a bit on like, how can a new business still stick within a budget when they're still not profitable? Because like, right, there is a point where like you have to leverage loans or credit cards or whatever it is. And that's terrifying too, because you're like, it's almost falling into the category of like, quote unquote, this is bad, even though it might be necessary for business. Yeah. So here's a term that I want you to use instead of, you know, saying debt or even loan. This is funding for my business and my business need to be funded, right? Just like a baby needs food and nourishment in order to grow, our business needs that. You know, part of what our business need is funding. It needs money. I'm not throwing at it widely. We want to make sure that we're within a budget and that we have forecasted what our numbers need to be. But absolutely, you're going to need some funding. So whether it's going to come from you personally, personal savings, or it's going to come from, you know, externally, it's important. And so how I want, you know, you to think about profit is that what you focus on gets accomplished. Just like the saying that says, if you think you can't or you think you can, you're right. It's true. It's it's hella true. Yeah, you're right. Either way, right? So we want to think up front. I am determined to run a profitable business. And I'm going to make sure that at whatever income level I am, I'm going to take profit. And that's the profit first methodology. I'm going to take profit. So if right now just started, I'm bringing in $1,000 a month into my business, I'm going to take my 10% or whatever that number is, right? I'm going to pull that $100 and put it aside for profits. Or if you're bringing in $10,000, you're going to take that $1,000 and move it into profits. Or it may just be 5% right? It may not be 10. And so for some people that I work with, they come, they're possibly in the red when we start working together. And so if we determine that their ideal profit percentage is going to be 10%, we don't immediately take them from zero to 10. We scale to 10. And so at first we may say, okay, let's take 1% for profits. And how do you do that if you're in the red? You're going to sit down and you're going to look at your expenses and determine what 
can be eliminated, what can be adjusted. The key is to put profit first. Meaning you pay yourself first. At least you put some of that money towards yourself or some strategy that you have down the line or whatever it is. Right. Let me talk to you a little bit about the profit first methodology. With profit first, you have one bucket, which is that first account that I spoke about. All of your revenue comes into that account, your main bank account. Profit First teaches, or Mike Michalowicz, who wrote Profit First, what he teaches is that now you create four other buckets. So beside this income bucket, we're going to also open up four other accounts. First account is profit. Second account is owner's pay. Third, taxes. And fourth, your operating expenses. So most times that's what people lead with, right, is operating expenses. I got to pay all the expenses. However, if you flip the accounting formula, which says revenue minus expenses equal profits, but now you say revenue minus profits equal expenses, do you see how you're now focusing on profit? And so you're making sure you pull your profit out. It's the same with your personal account. Whether you were educated as a child or, you know, older, we learn that we should pay ourselves first. We should take that 10% or whatever that is, right? It's the same way, you know, let's take our profits and now let's see how we can be innovative enough to ensure that our expenses are captured in what's left. Yeah. I love that you kind of flipped the script a bit. We all have read the books, right? We've watched the YouTube videos. We've done the research on like what you should do as a business, but to have a different approach and again, to be really focusing on the profits is an exciting thing versus the debt, which in a lot of cases, it presents itself a lot of shame, maybe guilt, maybe fear. So it's more negative versus profit, which is exciting and positive And like, it just puts your mindset in a different place. So can you talk a bit about like just confidence in the way of making financial decisions as well as like maybe again, that shame and guilt, because I'm sure people like the hesitancy of reaching out to you or other CPAs is that they're like, A, either I can do it myself already or I'm good enough or B, I don't want them to see the mess I've made. And so what do I do, right? I obviously need help, but like, I feel guilty for the financial decisions I made, even though I stick firmly in them, but like WTF, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing for confidence is Surround yourself with confidence boosters, whatever that's going to be, whether it's reading books, you know, and educating yourself, coaches, mentors, your money team, right, which is what you were alluding to, being afraid to enlist your money team. But it's important because your confidence is going to come from having timely and accurate financials. It's important to whatever you need to do to get to that end result is what you need to do. And it's real. I've seen people come to me many times with years of financials not being put together, years of taxes undone because financials are not put together because of exactly what you said. Just being afraid, uh, you know, I already let a year go by and now I don't want others to know what's going on. So you let a second year and a third year. I've had someone come to me with four years, four years, right? 
So don't be afraid, right? You are not alone. You are brilliant in the area that you were called. So just recognize that as we build businesses and as we grow, we need to surround ourselves with individuals who are going to complement, you know, the areas that we are not strong in. Yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of like what they talk about the zone of excellence and zone of genius. Like you could be good at something. So in this case, maybe sticking to like a very basic budget, but that's really not your zone of genius if you're not called to do budgeting. So you need to stick with like doing your sales stuff and like maybe your marketing tactics and leave the rest to the experts who can actually help propel your business forward versus like kind of just like winging it. Okay, so we talked about, you know, confidence in making financial decisions, all those things. But like, how does someone get their business from the red, as you call it, the cash eating monster to one that actually funds your dream lifestyle? Because the whole reason people enter entrepreneurship or try the small business is right because they have that dream lifestyle. They want that thing. But then it's like, okay, that's great. But how do I get there? Yeah, I would definitely say just how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. So if you're already in the red and you want to dig yourself out, one of the things you want to look at is your expenses. What is necessary versus what's not. And so you want to put your expenses into three buckets. What's absolutely necessary for you to run and grow your business, those you're going to keep. Then you're going to have another bucket that says, I don't need this right now. I'm going to eliminate it. And then there's another one, I need it, but it's costing me too much. You want to negotiate. So keep, eliminate, negotiate. Those are your three buckets. And you want to make sure that you are working within those three buckets. And a lot of times, you know, people think there's nothing, there's nothing. I can't get rid of anything. There is something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there always is. There's like some subscription that we're signed up for or some guilty pleasure or something like that. Exactly. There is something. So just take the time and go through that exercise and figure out what is it that I need to keep? What is it that I need to eliminate? And what can I negotiate down the price on? Now, be careful. We're all entrepreneurs. I'm not talking about going to your coach and saying, can you give me this $800 package for $500. We're not talking about that. You know, you have X number of systems, maybe, you know, three or four different systems that's costing you X dollars, but you can condense them into one thing, you know, like a full package CRM that offers all the things. And now it's at a lower rate. So now instead of these four things costing you $500, you may be able to put it into one thing that's costing you $249, $250, right? So those are the types of things you want to be looking at and trying to reduce your expenses. Yeah. I found that in business, there are so many subscriptions between Zoom, Calendly, Riverside, like literally like lead pages, like all these different things. And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, it's like $1,000 a month. Like there is no way like that this is that much. And it's like very basic. Like there's got to be a catch-all. Yeah. So, you know, we have to look around and ask others, what are you using? And you'll be surprised how you'll be able to reduce expenses by doing that. Yeah. Like, how do you know when you have to spend in business? Because there are like, even for myself, like there are times where I've spent things that maybe doesn't make sense, but at the same, like, okay, for example, like I will invest in like personal development courses while I'm still building business stuff, which go hand in hand, but they don't necessarily directly affect the business, but they affect me who runs the business. So like, when do you call the shots on like things that are quote unquote 
a risky investment in the way of budgeting and finance, but it's like a long-term investment because it'll help your business go farther, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. You have to, you know, within yourself and honestly ask, is this necessary for the growth and expansion of my business? And growing yourself is important to growing your business as well. And so once you ask yourself that question and the answer is yes, it's necessary for the growth of my business, if it's not an area that you specialize in, that's your area of strength, you're going to either have to hire in order to gain that, bring that into your sphere, or you're going to invest in the personal development, the education and training so that you become better at what it is, more competent in that area. And so I I would say the question would be, is it necessary for growing and scaling my business? And then, you know, that determines whether or not you invest in that area. And you have to think about return on investment. That's another thing too, like, Maybe the question pertaining to return on investment, right, ROI, like a lot of these things, okay, again, like a personal development course or even like courses around budgeting and stuff like that, whatever it is, they're not immediate. Like you don't get the return on investment immediately. So like how far in advance should you kind of prepare for that? Like, okay, I'm going to expect that six months from now I need to prepare this much in terms of money and whatever it is. But then also like, how do you know when to pull the cord? Like when you're like, okay, we're bleeding way too much. You know, so my first answer would be that it's important as entrepreneurs that we make decisions from where we want to be, as opposed to where we are today. At the same time, as the money person, I'm going to say you still need to put it within the constraints of a budget. Again, that's where planning comes in, because you're not going to plan just for next month right? You should be planning out a year, two years, three years in advance so you know exactly what's coming down the line. And you should also know, forecast out what it's going to take. You know, in order for me to build my business to seven figures in the next three years, what is it going to cost me in terms of team members, in terms of software, in terms of all these different things, and that goes back to funding. How are you going to fund it? Are you going to personally fund it? Are you going to, you know, drive a special project that's going to fund, you know, the next thing? We're entrepreneurs. We go out and we make money, right? (laughs) But the point is you have to have that plan in place so that you know what it's going to take. It shouldn't be a surprise, that I need X thing, I'm going to be, marketing is not my strong point or sales is not my strong point. So I'm going to take the business this far with me being the salesperson. But when we get here, I am going to be hiring a sales team, right? To take us to the next level. That should all be in the plan. Yeah, I didn't realize how far in advance you should be forecasting. I'm like, I feel like with a lot of entrepreneurs, you have to really go week by week, month by month. Like you want to see the future and the vision. And in this case, like you said, forecast really far out, but things change very quickly. And like that opportunity comes along or this thing hits the fan and you're like, okay, now what, right? We have to solve that problem now. Yeah, you forecast out, but it doesn't mean that you don't edit that plan. 
right? So the plan gets edited along the way, but at least you have, you know, an idea of what are some of the things you want to accomplish and what it's going to take to get there. But it may mean, you know, like we've seen what happened with Facebook and the algorithm and all that craziness that's happening, right? So a lot of businesses had to pivot and change what that plan looks like. Okay, what is our marketing going to look like now with all of that happening? And so, yeah, the plan gets changed, but that doesn't mean you don't create it in advance. You just be a flexible entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, we keep talking about investment of time, money, resources, forecasting, all these really important things, being in the red and trying to be profitable. What are some ways that people can fund their business? If like, let's say they're in the beginning phases and they're still like trying to figure out their offer and all that stuff. Um, Do you have any suggestions in the way of like having those cash drivers in place or seeking from lenders or whatever it takes to basically make the dream happen? Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, there are the Small Business Administration, the SBA. You know, a lot of times we don't tap into those resources that's available to us. There's funding that's available there. There are, you know, your bank, your local bank could be a source of funding as well. Of course, they're going to want you to put together a business plan and that's where your whole forecasting comes in. They want to see that you actually have thought through the process and that you know exactly what you anticipate bringing in and what the cost is going to be for doing that. So you have to have a comprehensive plan if you're going to go to, you know, your banks, et cetera. But I would say start with the SBA. There are, you know, funding opportunities. There are even grants that are available for small business owners. And they usually have the support to help you complete the applications for those. Do uh, like, let's say they have their CPA already. Do they have their CPA help them with those business plans or even coming up with the funding resources? Or is that kind of like something that the entrepreneur or small business needs to come up with on their own? Yes, some CPAs, some accountants, they offer those resources, you know, to help you put the plan together. That's something that we actually do is, you know, help small businesses create those plans that they can now take out to go seek funding. So absolutely. But, you know, if you're really tight on budget and you really wanted to, you know, have it low cost or no cost, I would say go straight to the SBA and figure out what resources they have available. But, you know, you can definitely check with your accountant as well. Cool. I didn't know that. I thought it was all like on us to figure out, but I didn't realize that we can also tap the same people we use to keep a budget to also help us get more funding, which is cool. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. (laughs) So awesome. Do you have any like last tidbits or tips or tricks that you want to offer the listeners with regards to like, whether it's money mindset or even like, again, coming up with the funding or budgeting of any sort? Yeah. I would definitely just say, just don't run from the numbers. They are so So easy to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you need the numbers. And so if what you need to do is build into your budget, you know, even just starting out with just a bookkeeper, it's important to do because you want to be able to look at your numbers and be making decisions from that standpoint, as opposed to just pulling decisions out of a hat, just randomly, you know, making decisions. So yeah, numbers are important. Yeah. Even if it gets anxiety, I think it's probably something that's really necessary, especially when you like transition from like the hat of like, this is a cute, fun hobby that I'm enjoying to like, no, this is a serious thing that I need to really consider as a CEO. Because people who run these businesses, they don't act 
on a whim. They act more methodically and they have a team behind them really helping them too. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know I asked like, okay, what's one tidbit to kind of send off with? But also one thing that I always ask my guests is like a final send off is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? So what would you tell like younger Dr. Renelli Williams, whether it's personal or it's business related? You know, coming from corporate into entrepreneurship, I would definitely say plan better for my exit. I knew that I wanted to leave corporate eventually, but I didn't plan properly for it. I should have been a better funder for my business, right? But I was comfortable. And so I would definitely just recommend that, you know, you plan better. Because I didn't plan appropriately, I ended back up in corporate America part-time you know, just to avoid that and lack of funding for your business because you didn't plan for it. I just recommend that you, you plan better. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to kind of shed some light on like cash flow and budgeting, like all these really scary things that no one really wants to talk about. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can you let everyone know kind of where they can find you if they want to get involved, whether it's, you know, be part of the Facebook group, if they want to, you know, reach out to you specifically to get services or help from you or Eric? Yeah, absolutely. So I can be reached at Dr. Ranelli on all social media platforms or Dr. Ranelli Williams. Our website is erjservices.com. And my Facebook community is the Profitable Entrepreneurs Network. So you can search for the Profitable Entrepreneurs Network on Facebook and join us there where we'll, we continue to give tips and strategies around your finances for your business. Awesome. Awesome. And just a reminder, guys, you can go to corporatequitter.com to see the full bio from Dr. Ranelli, as well as, you know, all these links that she's talking of. You can find that all there. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Ranelli. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Make sure to check out corporatequitter.com for extended content and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow our host Gabby on Instagram or TikTok at she likes to gab. 